Greetings, Detective. Welcome to the Murder Mystery Company and our new free service, Calm Mystery. We know that many of you need that calm and centered moment, but meditation isn't necessarily your thing. If you're a mystery lover, a crime fan, and could use a break, you've come to the right place. It sure is a suspenseful world out there, but I have good news for you. In this world, the only suspense will come from the world's best writers. For the next few minutes, we're going to close the door on the outside world. First, find a comfortable chair, sofa, or bed. Take a moment to just relax into that spot. Let your body sink in, slowly releasing the day's tension. Just relax. You've earned this time. You need this time for you. Your body will thank you. Now let's take a moment to clear your mind. I want you to focus on two things. My voice and your breathing. Take a deep breath in through your nose. Let it out slowly through your mouth. Now the same thing, but let's breathe on my count. Three counts in and four counts out. Breathe in. One, two, three. Now out. One, two, three, four. As we do this, you're going to slowly relax more and be perfectly ready for tonight's dastardly tale. Now again, breathe in. One, two, three. Now out. One, two, three, four. One more time, breathing out the last bit of stress. Breathe in, one, two, three. Now out, one, two, three, four. Excellent. Tonight's tale of mystery, intrigue, and murder is truly spine-tingling. Calm Mystery the Aluminium Dagger by R. Austin Freeman Read by Perry F. Bruns Dr. Thorndike, they've taken her to prison! To prison! Think of it! My poor Edith! We'll soon have her out, said Thorndike. But listen, there's someone at the door. A brisk rat-tat confirmed his statement. And when I rose to open the door, I found myself confronted by Inspector Badger. There was a moment of extreme awkwardness, and then both the detective and Mr. Curtis proposed to retire in favor of the other. Don't go, Inspector, said Thorndyke. I want to have a word with you. Perhaps Mr. Curtis would look in again, say, in an hour, will you? We shall have news for you then, I hope. Mr. Curtis agreed hastily and dashed out of the room with his usual impetuosity. When he had gone, Thorndyke turned to the detective and remarked dryly, You seem to have been busy, Inspector? Yes, replied Badger. I haven't let the grass grow under my feet. 
and I've got a pretty strong case against Miss Curtis already. You see, she was the last person seen in the company of the deceased, she had a grievance against him, she is left-handed, and you remember that the murder was committed by a left-handed person. Anything else? Yes, I have seen those Italians, and the whole thing was a put-up job. A woman in a widow's dress and veil paid them to go and play the fool outside the building, and she gave them the letter that was left with the porter. They haven't identified her yet, but she seems to agree in size with Miss Curtis. And how did she get out of the chambers with the door bolted on the inside? Ah, there you are. That's a mystery at present, unless you can give us an explanation. The inspector made this qualification with a faint grin, then added, As there was no one in the place when we broke into it, the murderer must have got out somehow. You can't deny that. I do deny it, nevertheless, said Thorndyke. You look surprised, he continued, which was undoubtedly true, but the whole thing is exceedingly obvious. The explanation struck me directly as I looked at the body. There was evidently no practicable exit from the flat, and there was certainly no one in it when you entered. Clearly, then, the murderer had never been in the place at all. I don't follow you in the least, said the inspector. Well, said Thorndyke, as I have finished with the case and am handing it over to you, I will put the evidence before you seriatim. Now, I think we are agreed that at the moment when the blow was struck, the deceased was standing before the fireplace winding the clock. The dagger entered obliquely from the left, and, if you recall its position, you will remember that its hilt pointed directly toward an open window. Which was forty feet from the ground? Yes. And now we will consider the very peculiar character of the weapon with which the crime was committed. He had placed his hand upon the knob of a drawer when we were interrupted by a knock at the door. I sprang up, and opening it, admitted no less a person than the porter of Brackenhurst Chambers— the man looked somewhat surprised on recognizing our visitors, but advanced to Thorndyke, drawing a folded paper from his pocket. "'I found the article you were looking for, sir,' said he, "'and a rare hunt I had for it. It had stuck in the leaves of one of them shrubs.' Thorndyke opened the packet, and having glanced inside, laid it on the table. "'Thank you,' said he, pushing a sovereign across to the gratified official. "'The inspector has your name, I think?' "'He have, sir,' replied the porter." and pocketing his fee, he departed, beaming. To return to the dagger, said Thorndyke, opening the drawer, it was a very peculiar one, as I have said, and as you will see from this model, which is an exact duplicate, you see that it is extraordinarily slender, free from projections and of unusual materials. You also see that it was obviously not made by an ordinary dagger-maker. In spite of the Italian word scrawled on it, it is plainly written all over it, British Mechanic. The blade is made from a strip of common three-quarter-inch tool steel. The hilt is turned from an aluminium rod, and there is not a line of engraving on it that could not be produced in a lathe by an engineer's apprentice. Even the boss at the top is mechanical, for it is just like an ordinary hexagon nut. Then notice the dimensions, as shown in my drawing. The parts A and B, which project just beyond the blade, are exactly similar in diameter, and such exactness could hardly be accidental. They are each parts of a circle having a diameter of 10.9 millimeters, a dimension that happens, by a singular coincidence, to be exactly the caliber of the old Chasspot rifle, specimens of which are now on sale at several shops in London. Here is one, for instance. He fetched the rifle that he had bought from the corner in which it was standing, and, lifting the dagger by its point, slipped the hilt into the muzzle. When he let go, the dagger slid quietly down the barrel until its hilt appeared in the open breech. 
Good God, exclaimed Marchmont. You don't suggest that the dagger was shot from a gun. I do indeed. Thank you, detectives, for listening to tonight's Calm Mystery by the Murder Mystery Company. I'm Perry F. Bruns. Would you like to show somebody you care? Is there a mystery fan in your life? Couldn't they use a quiet moment and a great story? I'm doing personal stories of 20 minutes or less. Something personal like this can make a friend or family member feel truly loved in an otherwise dark time. They're only $49, and you can email me at calmmystery, that's C-A-L-M mystery, at gmail.com. In the meantime, stay tuned for more tales to tingle and terrify while giving you a needed break from the outside world. <laughs>